Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Okay, it's confession time again. I don't drive as many miles up and down the UK anymore, but I still have occasion to get in my car and navigate the motorway network to various destinations, including recently my caravan in Anglesey. Now, one of the things that I find most annoying is the seemingly endless closed lanes marked out with thousands of glaring orange and white traffic cones with no sign of maintenance crews, wagons, asphalt laying or lane marking going on at all. Just cone after cone after cone for mile after mile. These are almost always accompanied by signs telling me and others to reduce speed and keep into the new limit, and recently by endless yellow poles with cameras perched on top, taking average speed readings to make sure of compliance. Now I know that work has to be carried out, so I'm not at all disturbed when I see the wagons out and workmen making the road safer as they relay and fix worn out parts of the carriageway. What I find frustrating is when there is no one about, no sign of any work, and yet I've been forced to slow down, presumably so I can count the cones as I pass them by. Oh, and another thing. Have you ever noticed that roadworks, or even red traffic lights on the A6, have a habit of being there just when you're in a hurry or need them not to be there? Infuriating, isn't it? being restricted, being told what to do. Recently, these pesky intrusions into my road travel have escalated with the introduction of the big illuminated signs which seem to have sprouted along every mile of the motorway network. You know the ones. Don't drink and drive. Or COVID restrictions apply. Or any other notification that is intended to remind us of the rules. The one I find most irritating probably because I've never seen an instance of it, even when I've dutifully restricted my speed to 40 or 50 in line with instruction, is slow down, animals in carriageway. I, along with many others, just seem to ignore this one now, perhaps because I convince myself that it's just a ploy to keep motorist speeds down. Either way, I've never encountered an animal in the carriageway on all the occasions that the signs have been lit, so the likelihood is that I never will. I think there's a human response here that we need to be aware of. Just because we haven't encountered something doesn't mean that the danger doesn't exist. Think about that for a second. We can become so hardened and desensitised to things that we're in danger of sleepwalking straight into disaster. I've worked in the chemical industry for many years and I've worked with some chemicals that carry a warning on them. Danger of sensitisation. This simply means that if the exposure level to the chemical is high, then there is a possibility and a risk that a person can become so sensitised to the product that they only have to be somewhere near it for the body to take on a horrible reaction. They don't even need to be using the chemical. Just simply walk into a room where the smallest trace of it is and the sensitivity is such that the reaction occurs. 
I have the opposite problem most of the time. I have very little sense of smell. Therefore, I can miss the first hints of danger and can be a little gung-ho. When I went on mission to India back in 2007, I was seen as pretty fearless as I would enter slums and run down areas without hesitation, always first in, whilst most of the group would step back and recoil. This was simply because my sense of smell was so limited that I did not register what everyone else was encountering. These slums often had open sewers flowing through them. You see, I wasn't fearless. I was just unaware. Why does a gas board introduce noxious odours to the gas supply? Well, it's so that we recognise and have a sense of danger when we smell the invisible gas. And we do something about it. I would say don't rely on me in these circumstances, folks. The chances are I would keep going oblivious to the seemingly obvious danger. But I'm surprised that as Christians we can often adopt something of the attitudes introduced in these examples. We haven't seen it happen, so it probably won't happen. And as a consequence, we live a life that is stripped of urgency and potential. Peter spoke to the believers in the churches in Asia in his second letter when they were in danger of being overwhelmed by those who were scoffing, that is, goading or questioning in disbelief. The promise of God that Jesus will return and judge the human race. These scoffers were saying, where is this coming that he, God, promised? Then they went on to offer proof that since their ancestors and they themselves had not seen this return, then it was probable that it would never happen. Peter's response to this was to say in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise at all, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Now this puts a completely different slant on things. To the scoffers, this would mean that actually God was waiting for them to see sense. A promise is a promise, whether we see the fulfilment of it in our lifetime or not. God always has a better reason than our reasoning can cope with. On the way back from Anglesey this week, I came along the A55. I saw on the other side of the carriageway an entire truck bed from a pickup in the middle of the road. This was avoidable by most of the cars approaching it as it straddled the two lanes and there was room to manoeuvre around. However, what became obvious to me was that the obstruction could not be avoided if two cars were side by side or a car was overtaking one of the HGVs on its way to the Hollyhead Ferry. The obstruction lay around the corner, so it was blind to some of the traffic coming towards it. I flashed my lights at oncoming traffic to try and make them aware of the potential danger, but I have no idea whether my attempts to warn had any effect or not. The point is the danger was real, and unsuspecting traffic was heading towards it at breakneck speed. I prayed that the obstruction was moved before it created a problem for anyone, but it was a sharp reminder to me that we can be very blasé in our attitudes to danger, just as the scoffers in the Bible throughout Scripture have been shown to be. You see, Noah built a boat for a hundred years whilst the scoffers mocked him. The earth was still flooded, just as God said it would. 
The scoffers mocked Nehemiah and Ezra as they rebuilt the temple and the walls of Jerusalem. But it was completed. Scoffers mocked Jesus as he was crucified on a cruel cross. But just as he said he would, he rose from the grave victorious over death. And still the scoffers laugh at the thought of Jesus' return to judge all mankind on that final day, as we've just read in 2 Peter. But a promise is a promise, especially when it's made by the promise keeper. So perhaps I have to reevaluate my attitudes towards warning signs that are there to protect me and others from danger. I'll keep flashing my lights, hoping to alert others of the dangers ahead. I'll heed the warnings that scripture gives me, even if I don't encounter the actual trial or tribulation. After all, slowing down and being less hasty gives me the chance to count the cones, be alert for danger, and possibly avoid disaster. God is being patient because he knows that we are impatient. Don't live by chance. Read the signs and accept the truth. God is giving us every opportunity to put our lives right with him, to repent of our values and wrongdoings, and submit to his promises and love. My prayer is that you will do just that, and experience the safety for eternity that God promises you. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.